Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Shalom, everyone, our family. As you can see, we are not able to be at the congregation, but we are happy to be with you here celebrating our Messiah's Yeshua birth. And I want to share with you an incredible prophecy and promise from God in Isaiah 7:14 that he says, Therefore Adonai himself will give you people a sign the young woman will become pregnant, bear a son, and name him Emmanuel. God is with that. It says in the complete Jewish Bible. In Hebrew, it says, Lahem Item Adonai Hu Lahem Ot Hine Halma Hara Beyeledet Ben Bekara Shmo. Emmanuel. So God promised to us to give us a Messiah that he would come. He said, um, we can see it through many, many prophecies. This is just one of them. And he gave us our Messiah, Yeshua, to give us salvation, to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us peace to have his presence with us permanently. We are just here for a season and we are gonna depart to meet him forever soon. That give us so much peace and hope to know that, especially in this time, that all our loved ones who've already departed, departed are waiting for us. It's just gonna be in a short season so let, let us all be able to celebrate together and to wait for him for his coming back. Love you all and have a wonderful celebration of our Messiah Yeshua. Join me. Ho du ladonai ki to, say it. Ho du ladonai ki to, ki le olam chazdo. Ho du ladonai ki to. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For forever His grace endures. 
Son 
that I want you to think of Miriam and Joseph, the parents of Yeshua, as they trusted the Lord in this difficult time. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart I worship you, all I have within me I give you praise, all that I adore is in you Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I'm awake Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Ooh, in me, Ooh, Lord have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Ooh, oh, Lord, have your way in me. Ooh, oh, 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 do, oh, do, oh. 
I wish so much we could be with you in person, face to panim el panim, face to face, for uh, this Shabbat service. But Lord, we just bless you. We thank you. Avenu Shabbashamayim, our Father in the heavens. We love you, Lord, our God. Abba Shali, my Father, my Father, we love you. Uh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we love you today on this Shabbat. We wish we could be together, but we're here virtually, Lord. We're here together in the best way we can be with the icy conditions. And so bless your word as we share from this beautiful story, Lord, as many are gathered together with family and friends. But as we uh, worship you, Lord, today, as many are with their families this weekend, we pray that, it, that there would be just a great sense of appreciation and a great time of, of, uh, of closeness and of glorifying you together. So, bless your word now. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, on the dreidel, we have Neskadol Hayasham, right? Let's say that, Neskadol Hayasham, right? On every dreidel. It, what does Neskadol Hayasham mean? A great miracle happened where? There. Where's there? In Moda'in, in Israel. And then in Israel, uh, because we're, we say that in the diaspora, but in Israel, they changed the, the shin to a uh, po, to a pe, shin to a pe, and it says a great miracle happened where? Here. Here, right? Yes. So, Neskadol, say it, Neskadol Haya Po. Neskadol Haya Po, right? A great miracle happened here. Neskadol Haya Po. The miracle of the Hanukkah victory uh, and of the oil. That's what we're, we celebrate Hanukkah, of course, and we talked about it last week. You can see it on our on Facebook Live and YouTube. I hope it's they're up there. And also tonight and tomorrow, all around the world, millions commemorate the miracle of the birth of the Jewish Messiah, and that's what we're going to talk about today, mostly. But may a great miracle happen here, Po, here in each one of us, even now, today, even right now, as we're watching this or whenever you're watching this, may neskadol, let's say neskadol hayapo, may a great miracle happen here, in me, right now, in me, in our midst, amen? Neskadol hayapo, now tonight is the seventh night of Hanukkah, so we have Hanukkah lights there. And I side with a few other scholars who believe that Psalm 30 was read at the first Hanukkah, at the rededication of the defiled and now cleansed temple, not at the dedication of the first and second temple. Here's a beautiful picture of during the Holocaust, uh, I believe it was right during 1943, in a concentration camp of, this is, and you can see there are seven candles on this. Isn't this amazing? So this would be tonight, seven candles being being lit, the seventh night of Hanukkah. Isn't that an amazing picture? Love that pic, love this picture. And this would be the seventh night tonight. The subscription on Psalm 30 means Morshir Hanachat Habet LeDavid refers to the dedication of the temple. Traditionally, the superscription refers to the dedication of Solomon's temple, though some scholars connected to the dedication of Zerubbabel's temple, in other words, first or second temples. But the, the, it could refer to Hanukkah, to Hanukkah. Now, a number of points connect this psalm to the Maccabean uprising. 
Notice this. First, the Psalm describes, Psalm 30, describes overcoming at great odds enemies. Enemies and an apt description of the Maccabean experience and the exact situation that led up to Hanukkah. Second, in addition, the Psalm mentions Hasidim, Hasidim, righteous ones or godly ones, gracious, grace, gracious ones, godly ones, verse 5, after the Hasmonean victory in 164 BCE, could have read, they could have read uh, Psalm 30 and imagined David, they could have been thinking, David prophesied about us this Psalm for that very reason and may even have been recited as part of the dedication ceremony on that day, 164, Hanukkah, 164 BCE, since it was seen as broadly appropriate or even prophetic uh, to what had happened. During the Maccabean revolt, the Maccabees and the Hasidim saw themselves in this Psalm 30, seeing the description of the defeat of the enemies of the Hasidim as a prediction or prophecy by David of their success. So, during this period, someone wrote the words, Shir Chanukat Habet, a song for the dedication of the house, in the margin of a copy of the Psalms to point out that it was the song that they, the Hasmoneans, recited at the successful rededication of the temple, and that perhaps Jews were supposed to recite it each year during Hanukkah, the commemoration of this event that we're in right now. We're on the seventh night tonight. So, in this psalm, it's amazing. But he says, I will exalt you, Adonai. You have upheld me and not let my foes rejoice over me. We're going to relate it to Miriam and Joseph in just a moment. Adonai, Adonai, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Adonai, you've raised my soul from Sheol, from the lower world. And you kept me alive and I've not, lest I descend to the pit. Sing to Adonai, his chasidim, his, chasid, his pious ones and give thanks to his holy name. In the evening, one retires weeping. This is where weeping lodges in the evening and stays overnight, but a ringing cry of joy comes in the morning. In the morning. I said in my serenity I would never be moved. And he says, To Adonai I called, and my master I beseeched. And again and again, Hear Adonai in verse 11. Be gracious to me, Adonai. Be a help to me. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You've, uh, he says, And my soul might sing to you. My soul, my glory, my glory might sing to you and not be stilled. Adonai, my God, it ends. Forever I will thank you. Forever I will thank you. It's an amazing psalm of thanking God and seeing him in this. Now, we shift to the New Testament, to Miriam and Joseph. And I want you to think about this. Miriam and Joseph also had great odds against them, like the Maccabeans, like the Jewish people then. Great odds against them, and the most heartless enemy aiming to prevent their success, their success at giving birth, giving birth. Now, I want to mention, Joseph had, had to take leadership. And you men, you need to take leadership in your homes. Take leadership. Joseph took amazing leadership with Miriam. Godly leadership. He covered his wife. He protected her. But he didn't let her call the shots. He called the shots. 
They were one and they did it together. Of course they did it together, but he had to make very difficult decisions for them both in certain cases. And some men I think are called, sometimes have a high calling and they don't let, they, they don't ever take leadership. They're afraid and they, and so, and so they never come into their full calling in, God, in ministry and God's calling. Listen, they, t they made very difficult decisions and they were one with, with each other. Joseph had to be very courageous and Miriam was amazingly submissive to God in the, in the process and they were both submissive to the Lord. Now, the enemy wanted to prevent the giving of birth. It's very parallel, by the way, to Moses and his birth. Revelation chapter 12, verses four and five, we talk about it. But through much pain, loss, and ultimately blood even, they would overcome. Now they were, secondly, they were also Hasidim. And David prophesied, had prophesied about them. Isaiah chapter nine, the prophecies of the Messiah nine, chapter seven, Micah five, and Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. So very parallel. Now the woman in Revelation 12 is certainly Israel. In Revelation 12, it mentions here that uh, she gave birth. It says the dragon stood, that she was pregnant, crying in birth, and was in agony to give birth. And the woman is, is Israel. Isaiah 66 mentions, the child is Yeshua, is clearly Yeshua. The dragon wants to devour and destroy the son, like Psalm 2 mentions. The war is against the Lord and his anointed, the, the anointed one, the son, in Psalm 2 and Matthew 2. And Herod plots, as we know in the story, to kill the child who is destined to save his people from their sins. But through angelic dreams and parental actions, he is spared. And it says the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that whenever she gave birth, he might devour her child. He wants to devour. That's what the enemy does. He wants to devour us through depression, to, through loneliness, through fear. He wants to devour us through uh, separation. He wants to devour. The enemy is the one who wants to devour in 1 Peter 5, 8. And right here, he and, uh, and, and he wants to devour in any way he can to swallow us up, swallow us up through a sense of despair. That's his, that's his plan. But God wants to give birth, give birth into new life. Miriam and Joseph, I mentioned uh, a little, you know, in a little humorous way, their secret, secret memoirs that we discovered. Well, not really, but uh, hidden memoirs. But I want you to imagine if this was the response of Joseph when they found out that Miriam was pregnant. They found out that she found out they're betrothed, they're engaged, but they're not married yet. They have no wedding ceremony. What if Joseph's response was this? What am I going to do with her? My fiance is pregnant, but don't tell anybody. This is terrible. This is despicable. This is unforgivable. How could she do this to me? How could God allow this to happen to me? What if that was his response? How could God do this to me? And nobody must find out about this. I can't, this is horrible, this is untrue. But what was his response? Just the opposite. We read in Matthew, we're gonna look at Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 1 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. Look at their response. What if Miriam's response was this? And they were young, by the way, quite young. What if she said, she finds out, and imagine it, what a quandary she's in. I mean, I can't, 
How, what are people going to think? I'm telling you, she could think, I, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I didn't do, I wasn't immoral. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, will you believe me? Uh, how could, but what if she said, how could God put me through such humiliation? I thought the scripture said that the Lord is my defense. He's leaving me to be openly scorned and ridiculed, misunderstood and undefended. If either of them, listen, if either of them were weak and immature in their faith, they would have abandoned their God for putting them through this. And we wouldn't have our Messiah. It wouldn't have been fulfilled through them. And they were both, of course, of the lineage, the house of David, of David, which had to be, according to 2 Samuel chapter 7, the Messiah had to come through David's lineage. So let's read and look at these accounts briefly. Now, in Matthew 1, and Jeff was going to read that in Hebrew today, uh, this, this portion, but Matthew 1, where it begins with, you know, Sefer Todot, Yeshua HaMashiach, Ben David, Ben Abraham, the book of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, son of David, son of Abraham, the first verse. And I had a Jewish friend who came to faith after me in our, in our group of friends uh, where we grew up outside Philadelphia uh, in Cheltenham. And he came to faith, he came to Yeshua, came to, crying, to, to know the Lord after reading this genealogy. God used his word and used this genealogy when, he read, when it came to the place in verse 16 that they named him the father Jacob, uh, father Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Yeshua, who is called the Messiah. He broke down weeping. The Holy Spirit just came over him and he, and he knew that he was, the Messiah. He, was, he was who he was and he embraced him. It says in verse 18, Now the birth of Yeshua the Messiah happened this way, when his mother Miriam was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, made up his mind to dismiss her secretly, divorce her secretly. So he didn't want to disgrace her. He love covers a multitude of sins. Proverbs 10, 12, love doesn't repeat the matter. Proverbs eleven thirteen and 17, 9, it doesn't, love doesn't, doesn't uh, talk about it to, to someone else. It covered a multitude of sins and that's what he was doing. He wasn't going to say anything to anyone else about it, but divorce her quietly. But while he considered these things, while he was, the struggle was going on inside of him, behold, an angel of Adonai appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Ben David, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Miriam as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Wow, this had never happened before. Miracle births, yes, but not this kind of a birth. Not a birth like this. Births in old age, yes, but not a birth, miracle birth of this, of this kind. She will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Man. Of course, the prophecy in Isaiah uh, chapter 7, verse 14, you call his name Yeshua, Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us is God. With us, a virgin, aha alma, the virgin, not a virgin, the virgin, not bitulah, not, not young woman, but virgin, Oh, and she's never known a man, never had sexual intercourse with any man, and she is going to give birth to a, uh, a son, 
and you'll name him Yeshua. Now, Yeshua is a late contraction of Yahashua or Joshua, meaning the Lord is salvation. The divine name is combined with a verb conveying a blessing. It was, this name was used in names of families of priests, 1 Chronicles 24.11, Levites, Ezra 2.40, Judahites, Ezra 2.6, both after the Babylonian exile and also the post-biblical period among several high priests from the last days of the Second Temple. So not the first time this name was used. And later of numerous prominent rabbis. This name was not just a, was not just a noun or verb, but of a particular individual in this case, predicted to come in Genesis 49:18. I have waited for your Yeshua, O Lord, a person, your Yeshua. Isaiah 62:11. say to the daughter of Zion, surely your Yeshua is coming. Who is this? It's a person. Behold, his reward is with him, his. Psalm 91:16. with long life I will satisfy him and show him my Yeshua. My salvation. So from the Torah, Navim, Ketubim, Law, Prophets, and Writings, Yeshua predicted uh, uh, to come, the Messiah. Now, in 118, look at this integrity that Joseph shows. He does what the angel, he, it says, uh, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and call his name Emmanuel, which means with us, God, with us, with us, God. That's Isaiah 7, 14. With Joseph woke up from sleep and he did as the angel of God commanded him and took Miriam, his wife, but he did not know her, know her until she had given birth to the son and he called his name Yeshua. So this is what he did. What integrity doesn't repeat the matter, uh, covers, love covers a transgression, conceals the matter, the fruit of love, Love is patient, love is kind, keeps no account of wrong, thinks no evil, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what he, Joseph shows. Now, Matthew is Joseph's account, is from Joseph's uh, perspective. Luke, Gospel of Luke, Miriam's perspective. Look at Miriam's perspective. What, what did she go through? Luke chapter 1. It says, verse 26, Then the six, in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by Adonai into a town in Galilee named Nazareth and to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph in the house of David. Virgin's name was Miriam. And coming to her, the angel said, Shalom, favored one. Now I looked that up in the Greek, and it's actually not shalom. It's the word, Greek word is chairo, uh, from chairo. And uh, chairo is, means rejoice. It's it's the word that actually really is to, to rejoice. And so it would be more like sim, the word simcha, uh, uh, samach, to, to rejoice. Uh, and so he's saying rejoice. Now, I, I can imagine he's saying, you know, rejoice over what? Rejoice over what? Well, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And, you know, when God gives us a revelation, when he gives us a vision, we rejoice. But then comes the the hard part afterwards. First we rejoice because it's exciting, but then comes the hard part afterwards later on as it takes time to be fulfilled. Rejoice. Adonai is with you. The Lord is with you. But at the message, she was perplexed. Well, of course, what's going on here? This word means she was agitated. She was disturbed through, totally throughout, troubled, 
completely throughout her whole being. And she kept wondering, she kept, and this means thoroughly calculating, she was thoroughly, thoroughly calculating what kind of greeting this might be. What might be? What was the, what was, what, what am I to be rejoicing about? And the, so this probably went on for a while, and the angel spoke to her. Don't be afraid. What would we call that in Hebrew? What would we say that in Hebrew? We say there's maybe three, I don't know, I didn't calculate it, but 365 times in the Bible, it's al-tiri, al-tiri, fear not, fear not, fear not. The angel spoke to her, fear not, don't be afraid, Miriam, al-tiri, it would be in Hebrew. Fear not, Miriam, you have found favor with God. Behold, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. There it is again, Yeshua. He will be great and be called Ben Elyon, son of the Most High. Uh, the Lord will give him the throne of David. Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will reign over the house of Jacob for all eternity. His kingdom will be without end. Miriam says to the angel, "Here's her, how can this be? Of course, this is a first, since I'm not known a man. And responding, the angel said to her, the Ruach HaKodesh, here it is, the Ruach HaKodesh will come upon you and the power of the Most High, of Elyon, will overshadow you. Therefore, it almost reminds us of the creation, the, the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, hovering over the waters, and then God said what? Let there be light in Genesis 1, verses 2 and 3. God, the Spirit of God over the waters, hovering, and God said, let there be light. Now there's going to be the light of the world is going to be come into the world. And so the Ruach HaKodesh will come upon you, the power, and, and he'll be born. Uh, we saw the account in Matthew where it says the Holy Spirit will do this. This is how it would happen, a miracle birth. Behold, your relative Elizabeth, he talks about what's happened with her. For nothing will be impossible with God. Praise the Lord. Nes gadol haya po. Nes Gadol Hayah. A great miracle happened where? Here. Here. Trust God for yourself. Trust God for a great miracle to happen. Neskadol Hayah Sham. It happened there. Let's say it. Neskadol Hayah Sham. Neskadol Hayah Po. A great miracle can happen here with you. Nothing will be, for will, what will be impossible with God? Nothing. nothing. Thank you. For nothing will be, I hear my wife echoing, nothing will be impossible with God. So Miriam said, behold, look at her response. Unbelievable. Hineni is what it would be in Hebrew, really. Hineni, here I am. Behold, the servant of Adonai, Ebed Adonai, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. I'm the servant. I'm Ebed. I'm the servant of the Lord. Hineni. Behold me here, here I am at your service, and the angel left her. What an amazing, uh, an amazing, you know. And then in chapter two, we have, uh, if you go over to chapter two, uh, we see the account of the shepherds, the prophets, uh, Simeon, the prophet, the older, these older prophets, Simeon, and Anna, the prophetess, Anna, an amazing story there. Uh, in chapter 2, it happened in those days, the decree goes out to seize, from Caesar Augustus to register. They had to register all the world's inhabitants, first census, 
and everyone was traveling to be registered. Now remember, I think it's about 90 miles, rough terrain. They're going all the way to Bethlehem, to Beit Lechem, the house of bread. Remember the, the prophecy in Micah, the Messiah must be born in Beit Lechem, the house of bread. He who is the bread of life, who said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and he who, and will never thirst. I am the bread of life, John 6, 35, Yeshua said. And the Messiah must be born, he who is the bread of life, in the house of bread, which is what Beit Lechem, Bethlehem, means. And it was the place where the lambs were prepared for slaughter and for Passover. And he says, he is taken there. He, they, they go to register there. Um, and she's pregnant. Joseph went from Galilee out of the town of Nazareth to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family of David. Um, in Luke 2.4, 2, he went to register with Miriam, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. But while he was there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth, set him down in the manger, since there was no room for them in the inn. What disappointment! I can't imagine the disappointment. No room for them. I mean, what a contrast this whole thing is, what they're going through. Disappointment. There's no room for them, pregnant, no one can understand, no wedding, no great wedding. They're poor, as we find out when they offer the offering for the after birth, they can't even afford a, a, a nice offering. It's just a, such a contrast to the mega church mentality of Christianity today where everything is glamorous and make it you know, as exciting and you know glamorous as we can. This is, these people are full, everything is difficult for them. And this is how God works. This is how this is how God gets glory. This is who God uses. Everything disappointing, and yet they persevere through it. They don't give up. They don't quit. What what amazing examples they are to us, Miriam and Joseph. And the manger, as you know, the manger. Many of you know, is was a stone. It's a stone. It's pla it's a place where you you put for burial. It's really for burial. That's where the Son of God was placed. That's where he was placed. So uh, what stress they went through, what, what uh, difficulty they went through. And, and yet, yet the Messiah Yeshua born, Messiah Yeshua born, who's gonna be the King of Israel. And how did it happen? She's probably eight or nine months pregnant. They're traveling 90 miles, over 90 miles under all this duress, the betrothal period, the Kiddushin their period they're in, and now the shepherds come with, in verse eight, shepherds come and the singing, suddenly an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of Adonai stood, shone around them and they were absolutely terrified. This is what they're seeing. And they said, do not be afraid. The angel said, do not be afraid for behold, I proclaim good news to you, you, this will be great joy to all the people. A savior is born. A savior is born to you today in the city of David, who is the Messiah. And this will be the sign to you. And again, mentions the manger three times and a multitude of heavenly armies praising God and singing glory to God in the highest on earth, shalom to men, a peace to, to men of good will. And they departed. Mary experiences all this. It says in Luke 2.19, but Miriam treasured these things, pondering them in her heart. 
They didn't understand all that was happening. I don't know if you realize this. We think they had it all down. They didn't understand. It was still unfolding. I don't think Miriam and Joseph fully understood. I know they didn't. From we, we, as we read the account, they didn't fully understand what was what had taken place, who they were, who they had with them, who this was, this the Son of God, Ben Elohim, the Messiah, in their midst that they had fought, parented, and that's the way God works. Things unfold step by step. God doesn't reveal everything to us ahead of time, even though it may be prophesied, even though it may be revealed. Uh, he. We don't, we, our understanding, we, he gives us only what we can handle. We need to trust him step by step. And that's the way it works. His Brit Milah, his circumcision on eight days in verse 21 is mentioned. When, and that's when he's given his name. That's when in, a, in Jewish tradition, uh, the son is named even today. And uh, his name is Yeshua and given the name. And then the purification comes, as I said, the sacrifice, a pair of turtle doves, uh, or two young pigeons, and then there was a, a man who shows that they were very poor, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and now Simeon comes, he's given an amazing prophecy, and then Anna uh, also, Anna and Simeon, that he's gonna be a light to the nations, and Anna, uh, that there's, they're going to have a tough time as well through it. Simeon, Simeon rather says, this one is destined to the fall cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and a sword will pierce through your own soul, he says also. The thoughts of many hearts will be uncovered, and you, for you a sword will pierce your own soul. So it's going to be hard. Uh, but the father and mother were marveling at these things. They didn't understand. Verse 33, completely. And Anna comes. She's 84 years old, and she's an amazing uh, person, and she is used by God as well. So it's amazing all the prophecies Isaiah 7 14 Isaiah 9 Micah 7 Micah 5 uh, I'll just close with this and say that the battle goes on and the enemy wants to devour uh, the wanted to stop it but they prevailed they persevered through it they didn't let anything stop it the enemy wants to devour us the word in Greek means there are two words in Revelation 12 5 and 1 Peter 5 8 it says he wants to devour us. He wants to devour us through sorrow, through exhaustion, through disappointment, through a sense of abandonment, through loneliness, through, through frustration, through anger, through worry, through fear, through pain, through intimidation, and through accusation. All of these things. The enemy wants to use any one of these things, or two or three or more, to devour us. And first Peter, as mentioned, that's Revelation 12, 5, and first Peter, I close with this, first Peter 5 says, humble yourselves therefore, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may lift you up at the appropriate time. Cast all your worries on him, your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. Stay alert, watch out, your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion searching for someone to devour. Kata pino, again in the Greek, means to swallow up, to drink down, literally, to swallow you up, to devour. Stand up against him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being laid upon your brothers and sisters throughout the world. Think of what people in Ukraine are going through. Think of what people in other places are going through. 
after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory in Messiah, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. He will. All power to him forever. Amen. Boy, Miriam and Joseph had to go through a lot because they were, they were entrusted with someone so great with so much. And thank God that they persevered through it. Thank God that they weren't devoured, that the Son of God wasn't devoured, the Messiah wasn't, that we have an amazing, the greatest gift of all, and have eternal life through him. So, Father, we just thank you for the amazing story of the Messiah's birth and the battle and the victory of Hanukkah and the victory of Christmas, both, Lord, and the combination and the similarity. Lord, thank you for taking us through. Help us not to be, help no one here that listens to this, that watches us be devoured, Lord, by the enemy through anything, Lord, through exhaustion, through disappointment, a sense of abandonment, loneliness, fear, worry, pain, disillusionment, through feeling like giving up. Help them not, Lord. Help them not be devoured, Lord, but, per, but persevere through. Be strengthened, given grace to persevere through, to move, the courage to move, move forward and not give up and know that you will, they will prevail because a great miracle can happen here, right in us, Lord. We trust you for a great miracle. Neskadol hayapo. Neskadol And say it. Neskadol hayapo. Neskadol hayapo. A great miracle happens here, is happening here, happening, will happen right here to me and to those I love. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Shabbat. Shalom, Shabbat, Shalom, Shabbat, Shalom, Shabbat, 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 Shalom.